thank you so much for joining in on the Essential Podcast. It's 2021. This is Tommy Barco with Barco Financial, and we're starting season four of the Essential Podcast. And what better way to kick it off than to help you try to figure out a way to focus on what really matters? And the best way to help do that is to eliminate some distractions. So we've got some ideas around that today, specifically around how you can essentialize, uh, maybe even to an extreme, in some cases, your phone usage. So Matt's with us to talk about it. What's going on, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tommy. And season four is such a surprise. Doesn't feel like four seasons, but it definitely is. And you know, I'm excited to talk about this topic because while I'm not fully, my phone is not fully essentialized, if you will, it's going to be soon. <laughs> so, Yeah. So what we're talking about here is actually going to use a dumb phone, if you will, instead of a smartphone. And this is uh, seemingly a little bit of an unusual topic, maybe, for uh for the listeners here, maybe even uh, this is not a product review or anything like that, although we are going to talk about one specific option. But you know, all this really kind of ties into a lot of our philosophy around filtering the noise and focusing on what's essential. And this journey has been a long one for me, and it started even with essentialism, but re- more recently with digital minimalism and talking about all of the noise, all of the distractions, you know, more so as, as a business owner and as a parent as a husband, yeah, and, and all of our relationships. It's so easy to get sucked into all these distractions and our phones are engineered to really capitalize and steal our attention in so many ways. And Matt, you and I had talked about a Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. We did. I recently had the opportunity to watch it. So I don't think you and I have talked about it since I've watched it. But man, it just further cemented this thought process for me. You're now slightly concerned that you basically have a casino pull handle <laughs> in your pocket, if you will, that keeps you plugged in 24-7. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting and, and a little concerning, and maybe more than a little concerning. And I'd highly recommend everyone listening take some time and watch that documentary. Also go back and read Digital Minimalism or listen to our review of that book. Uh, he actually goes into some of the details in that documentary as well. But the thing that was the most sobering of that documentary, man, was there a lot there, was that when you start considering the physical products, right, of these smartphones that are high tech, and then more importantly, probably these these apps that we engage with, social media in particular, but even internet and our email and some other things that we're doing on a regular basis, uh, the thing that got me was we look at all this as, you know, kind of this free access, this free product and what ultimately is going on now with this is that we are the product and we are being sold. You know, our attention is extremely valuable and it's being capitalized on and sold in ways that we don't even understand. Well, Tommy, I think the big problem is marketing, right? Marketing ruins everything. And once a uh, marketer or marketing company or whatever, an advertiser, if you will, finds a weakness, they exploit it. Until, and I think we talked about this in season one or two, but they exploit it until it no longer works. So, for example, website pages. Remember they started putting ads on the right side? And it's now been somewhat proven scientifically that we all don't even look at the right side of our screens because that's where the ads are. 
So they're going to continue to exploit things until they no longer work. Another great example of this is you get actually paid, we get paid to watch TV. If you think about Hulu's free service or Samsung, you're getting to watch TV for free. You just have to sit through the commercial. You can't fast mm -hmm. forward through it. So unfortunately, marketing, while it's great for a business, small businesses, of course, it gets abused until we end up with problems kind of like we have now where we're all completely plugged in. You know, you get the phantom text message. You think you got a text <laughs> or you think there's an update and it's just designed to keep you plugged in, plugged in, plugged in because that's how they make money by keeping advertisers saying this person sits on the phone for two hours and looks at Facebook or whatever it may be. Here's why you want to buy ads. Right. Mr. and Mrs. Business. So keep that in mind that when you are engaging in those things, that it's designed to keep you sucked in. And then you look up and it's an hour, two hours later. And that's kind of where we came up with the idea for this podcast, which is how can we at least partially unplug from uh, the monster that is to uh, steal your attention? Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, I think when you approach this issue, and this is true with a lot of areas of our life where maybe we feel out of control, the first thing to kind of emphasize is, well, maybe there's some discipline we can work into this or some habits or some routines we can create or maybe just some flat-out self-control, right? And interestingly, in that documentary, I believe it was the, the either the founder or former CEO of Pinterest, and he was saying, you know, hey, I come home, and and knowing all of this, I still couldn't put my phone down. And he'd get so frustrated with himself, so he'd just, you know, begin leaving his device. And so all of those are things that I've experimented with. And ultimately today, uh, without further ado here, what we're going to talk about is a phone called the Light Phone, L-I-G-H-T, the Light Phone. And it's in its second iteration, so it's the Light Phone 2. And it's basically a dumb phone, but it has some modern features that allow it to work on, you know, the, the 4G LTE networks that we all have access to now. And to be able to text on a QWERTY keyboard and be in group messages, but it is very, very limited. It is really, truly designed to be a tool that serves us rather than the inverse of that, which is where we've all kind of ended up. So there's lots of ways to approach this, and there are lots of other options. Again, this is not a product review, but this is something that I've had now for over a year. I was really interested in it. The pandemic presented lots of challenges to this kind of minimalist lifestyle from a digital standpoint because you wanted to be able to keep up with what was going on in your family's lives and with work and with the virus. So it's been interesting to see how something like that could really pull you back in this direction. But this is a great way to shift on the weekends or after hours or for your kids to start with or to go full on like Matt's planning to do. And uh, we're going to tell you a little bit more about how it works and maybe some of the thought process around it that may lead you to be interested in it as well. So, Matt, had you heard about this before I brought it up? I don't. I, actually, I think I did. I don't remember where. It was probably on an Internet forum that somebody had mentioned it. And I looked at the. It was before it even launched. And I thought to myself, why would I buy a $250 dumb phone <laughs> when I can buy, like, what are those phones that the uh, the the burner phones costs that are basically the same thing without yeah that we'll hefty cost stuff. yeah it's kind of it's not aerodynamic and all that jazz but um, yeah I I had heard of it and then forgot about it for probably at least two years because what are they on there uh, it's probably like three or four years now mm -hmm. 
tell you kind of a little bit more about this. And of course, a quick search for the light phone will lead you to more information than we could possibly give you on this podcast. But it's very small. It's actually has this e-ink display, but it's less about the actual device and its design, although I think all those are really cool and it's great. But it's that their philosophy around this is, again, I said earlier, it's designed to serve you and actually respect you. So there's very limited features on this phone you know you mentioned getting a burner phone or kind of this really inexpensive dumb phone or hey you might have a really expensive smartphone and you could just delete some of these apps or put some some different barriers or controls in place to limit this but at the end of the day those things still find their ways back into our lives or we find some excuse or reason to and i'm speaking from experience uh, get back into those in full force and so the light phone is going to limit you to phone calls, texts, podcasts, music, and a calculator. And an alarm, very, very basic alarm clock. And that's it. That's the most you can get from this device. And the podcast and music tools, while they work and they're pretty smooth, they're very basic. It's not Spotify. You're not streaming anything. You've got to be intentional and use a dashboard to subscribe to a podcast. You're not sitting there endlessly browsing for podcasts to subscribe to. So if you want the essential podcast, you have to go add it on your dashboard on a computer. And the same with music. You actually have to own the music and put the files of the music on the phone. But hey, the cool thing is you don't even have to have either of those on there. You can add or remove these tools as as desired. So Matt, I know you've got some questions Full disclosure, you've actually got one on the way, I think. So you're just waiting on it to be delivered. But maybe you've got some questions that you want to ask about how I've been using it or maybe even about the product itself. And I think that'd be a cool way to frame up the rest of this episode. Yeah, so what's the longest that you have gone with just using the light phone? Oh, that's, that is a good one. So and the answer is kind of embarrassing. Probably four or five days. Oh, that's pretty good, actually. I was thinking like one or two days. Uh, No, there was a long vacation weekend in which I made the switch on the the front end and stayed on it until that time was over. You know, you find yourself in other situations where you don't have service and, you know, you go on a cruise or go to a national park and, you know, but when you get back to the hotel room, you do and you kind of fill those same needs with a computer or something as well. So if you're you know, off for vacation or whatever, you can have that computer to get on some internet. And and that's still realistic. You know, you'd want to do that. But, but yeah, it's normally just a weekend thing for me at best. Okay. Uh, now, actually, you bring up a good point that a vacation would be uh, a good time or place to test this because you still have it and you're generally unplugged anyway. So that, that's an interesting point. Next question I would have is, how does it feel to be bored when you're waiting on something? Because you can't pull out your phone and look <laughs> at it anymore. Yeah. So it's it's a little uncomfortable, but in a good way. So for my uses thus far, those times that I have used it is really just to kind of put the period on being unplugged. So it's kind of planning on that anyway. But I have used it, you know, for periods of time during a work day or during a weekend, uh, during a day that's not the weekend. And in those cases, you definitely find yourself needing something to kill the time or just impulsively wanting to look something up, check something. And it is uncomfortable. 
uh, being bored or or not having access to that information that you're so used to being able to get is definitely an adjustment. Now, that's an interesting point. I know I don't know if you're like me, but there are a lot of times where I either need to look up a song or can't remember an actor's name, and I'm ju- it drives me crazy. Did you have any of those moments, and uh, did you have to go find the encyclopedias that I don't think anybody makes anymore, or how did you resolve that? <laughs> Yeah, so you know the you're, you're not eliminating you know access to the world or any of these other technologies. You're just taking them out of you know immediate reach. And so the thought process is, if it's really that important, that you can look it up later when you get home and or or at work and or at the computer. So I definitely know where you're coming from, and I've had those feelings. And even after it's helped kind of instill that, like, hey, we don't always have to have immediate access to this information. It's not that important. And usually by the time I did have access to something to get that info, I had moved on and, and totally you forgotten already, to even come back to it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Now, there are other important things, not to cut you off, like, you know, reordering something. You know, we all live on order online, you know, and. It's like, oh, I need more coffee. I was going to order that. And you thought about it at that moment. So it actually forces you to keep a list. And I, I've for a long time kept physical notebook with me, but that became more important to, you know, oh, I'll just jot down the grocery item on this list or the to-do or whatever to, to keep that in mind and, and then uh, batch my time later to take care of those tasks. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those little field notes books. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what I use. Okay. I wish they kind of had a smaller one, but uh, it's okay. So what is the biggest thing that you miss about having access to your smartphone, if there is any? Yeah, so while this phone does support text messaging, it does not support – it doesn't have a camera. You can't text photos. You can receive photos in a recent update. When you receive the photo, it actually does not show on the phone – but forwards to an email address so you can have it later. And maybe everybody's different. I don't think we are, but I have found that the way that I communicate is taking a screenshot of something somebody else sent me or of a website that I stumbled upon or of a news alert and sending that to someone or sending a link to something that I need somebody to look at or review. And this is business. This is personal. I mean, across the, across the board, I find that that is a very common, easy, efficient way to communicate something and even kind of outsource and delegate that communication. And you cannot do that with the light phone. So while it's reassuring that if a family member sends you a picture of, you know, uh, a nephew doing something cool and, you know, that's not lost, it's in your email, you can check it later, it's still very restrictive. And I think that plus probably, uh, I haven't really tested this, but if you were traveling, you know, I rely heavily on Google Maps and Apple Maps mm-hmm. and uh, and even Uber and stuff like that, which, you know, uh, that would be a big challenge. And you'd have to find workarounds with standalone GPS or research ahead of time. Uh, and that is something they are working to add to the phone. I think that would make it almost a complete package, but it's not here yet. Well, and I think if you're staying in your sort of home range, if you will, yes, yes, it's that's not a big issue. Uh, one of the things that I can think of that would probably be an issue for me is 
uh, and I think we've talked about it on the security or password security uh, podcast that we had a while back because my information is everywhere and been stolen multiple times. Yeah. Is that uh, two-factor authenticator that you need to get every, everything that I have as the two-factor. So to be able to actually get into that app, if they would add that, I think it would be complete for me, but that's uh, uh, understandable. So... Yeah. Now it does have a hotspot. So, it, and this is a little frustrating for some people that are looking for this as an option for their lifestyle. But if you keep the smartphone or a tablet handy, uh, even if it's off and you need something like that, there is a hotspot so you can tether to the light phone and access that information. But if that's happening frequently or you're connecting your smartphone to the internet via light phone, you might find yourself right back in the same situation although with some barriers and and that could be good not that everyone has to put the uh as you said put the smartphone in the blender the first time you watch social dilemma you call me you're like hey have you seen this is it no you said oh well after you watch it you're going to put your kids phones in the blender <laughs> <laughs> which my kids don't have phones but um as they uh you know get older that's that's coming to a theater near you i'm sure so for sure so uh, two last questions, I guess, and then we'll wrap mm-hmm. it up and essentialize this thing. How has your has your patience improved or receded now using the light phone? Because everything's obviously being slowed down. You're forced to wait until things happen. Tell me about that. Yeah. So initially, it's very the patience decreases. <laughs> so you become impatient because it takes longer to text or you drive somewhere not knowing if they're closed or not and you can look up the the hours right so you're frustrated when you get there you've wasted time it's exciting kind of to to have uh, a new device and you know you find yourself kind of enjoying figuring it out but it's frustrating uh, because it does force you to slow down and change your approach but after that pretty short period for me and this is true almost every time I, I switch over to it now. But after that very short period, then you ultimately begin to ignore the phone, which is its place. It's there again to serve you and for you to grab to make a phone call, not to not the other way around where, you know, it's it's in charge capturing your attention and your time and notifying you of things that you didn't even want to know about. So it doesn't take long for that impatience to to really turn into, you know, ignoring the phone or maybe more appropriately just kind of putting it in its back in the right priority. Well, and that kind of wraps up my last question, which would be what do you think about the famous uh, or semi-famous, probably not even semi-famous, but uh, the movie quote, the things we own eventually come to own us. I don't think there's anything that fills that better than modern smartphones and this hyper connectedness that we have you'll realize very quickly that you really aren't in control and it's cool because it does help serve and enhance our lives and there's you know extremely powerful and there's tons of convenience but this is all so new in human history and even now you know you're looking at a generation of kids still that grew up from middle school to now with with access to not just a smartphone you know i mean i had a blackberry right and i loved it because i could easily do 
type emails and communicate, but it was very inadequate for web browsing. You know, it was really the touchscreen smartphone that changed all this, but it's more of what you're accessing, the social media and the effect that this has had on this whole generation of kids with depression and suicide and anxiety is staggering. You know, the, the data that has just been accumulated. So it's, it's kind of a grand experiment. We don't know how it's going to work out, what kind of impacts it's having. We're starting to learn that, but the steps towards being more intentional in every area of your life, but for sure with this, although very challenging, I don't think is, is going to lead to any regret. I mean, what are these inconveniences or uh, this forced slowdown? Or we talk about it all the time with the financial news and how all of these things are designed to keep your attention. Uh, the bad news sells. We all know that. The amount of stress and anxiety people have endured from just the information from the election cycle or the pandemic you know, could have been greatly minimized by not having that forced into your life or into your into your attention throughout your day. So I would highly recommend exploring this, whether it's with this device or not. I'd love to hear about it. And Matt, in closing, you said something to me the other day. You said, I'm looking forward to being surprised again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that was really, really profound <laughs> to give you a lot of credit there. Um, you know, hey, what's the weather going to be? Oh, I don't know. If I didn't watch the news or look it up on the internet, you know, I don't have this immediate access to that information. And when something's going to be delivered or, or whatever, the list goes on. And so, hey, if, if nothing else, I think that's motivation for people to explore this and, and implement in their life. I agree, Tommy. And I'm looking forward to getting my phone. And you know me, I always jump in uh, 100%. <laughs> I, don't, I don't wade into the water. I just, I just go. So I'm sure it's going to be very interesting and very fun. So uh, with, that, yeah. <laughs> with that said, why don't you uh, close it up? Yeah, that's all I have, man. Maybe we'll do a follow-up and see how your experience has been, pass or fail, what you think about it. It's exciting and something we'd love to talk about. So until next time, I appreciate you tuning in and keep it essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music. We just have a quick disclosure for you. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., and advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.